What's up, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome to another edition of Evening Alpha. I'm your host, Todd Wanish, 20-something-year veteran of comics and animation and Web3 and startups and, I don't know, a lot of other things, too. Um, I am very excited for tonight. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I usually get really hyped up with our guests because we really only invite people on the show that we're really into, like people who, who are legit projects that we think are top-notch, things that we want to bring to you guys. Uh, and uh, a couple of months ago during NFT NYC, I was wandering around and something caught my eye, specifically graded comic books. And if you guys are familiar with uh, our project, uh, Adult Fantasy, you know that graded comics and cards have a very special place in our ethos and our own project. And so the graded comics was, it was like a magnet. I just went right to it, especially since it was the only, this was, this was the only booth, the only booth that not only had graded comics, but were also producing their own comics that touched on crypto. And so I really was intrigued and I had a, I had a great conversation with the guys uh, that founded it. And I'm super excited to, to bring them to you. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll even promote it. I bought the book, Moon Boy is one of many. So check it out. Um, Austin from One Blue Land. What's up, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, Todd. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm very excited for tonight. So, so first question, only question really, what on earth is One Blue Land? So um, I guess let me just backtrack a bit from that uh, and give a little background for myself. Um, so I'm actually a nurse and I've been a nurse. I'm in the medical field for about 12 years now. And uh, when I hit 30 years old, um, I realized that I basically knew nothing about finance. Uh, we, were burdened, we were burdened in debt, uh, a lot of credit card debt. And, you know, nursing is, a, I got a pretty stable paycheck. And yet, you know, why am I struggling, you know, living day-to-day um, -day life? And so um, I just found this book called The uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I, I read it. It's one of my favorite books. And it just put me in a rabbit hole. Uh, I started reading a lot of finance books, uh, podcasts, uh, uh, just everything about finance. Just I would just spend my commute uh, on a train reading and listening. And so, you know, I was like, why didn't I get introduced to any of these topics when I was younger? Um, you know, I used to play back then. I used to play a lot of video games uh, and uh, uh, collect cards, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Dragon Ball Z, all that stuff, right? So I had these idols and these characters that uh, I really looked up to. And so... I wanted to, uh, you know, after fast forward a couple of years, you know, I did, I, I did a lot of investing. I, I got into stocks, crypto, uh, NFTs, uh, and I did very well. And, um, and here I am now, I wanted to create something that will, um, hopefully inspire people to, um, uh, to fight for their financial futures. Um, and I'm doing that through comic books. It's a, it's a very unique, uh, uh, category topic, uh, genre. <laughs> Uh, I mean, nobody really, uh, it's kind of hard to create the stories and topics about finance, but uh, that's what One Blue Line is about, to hopefully inspire and um, uh, push people to find financial freedom. It's really interesting, man. I, we have a, something that I teach, I've, I've, I've uh, mentored and uh, advised a number of startups 
um, venture back startups. And uh, I have this thing that I talk about often called pilling the dog. And what, what it means when pilling the dog basically means, you know, if you have a, a, a dog and the dog, let's say, needs to take their heart pill, they need their heart medicine. Um, if you just try to give the dog a pill, the dog is never going to take it. It's just not going to happen. But if you wrap it up in some cheese, right, that dog will eat it in a heartbeat. This is what we used to do for my dog back when I was a kid, right? Um, and the reason is, is, is it pilling the dog is, is essentially uh, giving people what they want while also giving them what they really need. And, and I think what, so what was really fascinating to me and seeing the way you were delivering this is that it's a little bit of, sub, it's almost slightly subversive, right? In that you're, you're telling people exactly what the deal is. There's nothing weird or creepy about it. You're saying, hey, you're going to learn about how to, how to do something. Um, but by, by, by pushing it through educational content and fun, like this isn't, this isn't like, um, uh, so in comics, there's a guy named Scott McCloud who does, who's a brilliant illustrator, did a, did a book, uh, called understanding comics and making comics where it was more of a dissertation style. It was a kind of a cartoony way to explain a very complex subject, which was the comic book medium, right? Uh, and instead of going that route, you're actually bringing education through the, almost like the superhero genre. You're using more of like a mainstream style to push or to, to educate uh, this concept. And I think that's, I thought that was really, really uh, kind of a new take, right? Like, like I, I got to think that it's kind of the first thing. Like, how did you come up with, with saying, I mean, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's one thing for someone to say, hey, I want to I create an education company or I want to create an educational product uh, or teach people how to become financially free or, or make more money or whatever, whatever the, whatever the, 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 the thing is that you want to teach people. Right. It's a whole other thing to say, Hey, we're going to bond it to, to comic books specifically. So I'm curious, like, how was that decision? Are you, we, do you have, are you like a, do you have like a background in comics or what, what made that decision for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, finance itself is just, is just so dry and boring it's presented to us as if you know they throw all these lingos and uh, they make it seem like it's just so complicated and then the masses generally shy away from it but yet it's just so important um to be incorporated in you know in our schools yet they don't do it and so you know i wanted to create these stories and characters that um you know, hopefully people will uh, look up to and uh, learn from. Uh, and, you know, because finance isn't that complicated. You just need to know um, a few certain philosophies, few lessons. And uh, we try to do that through these stories. And we try to make it very um, uh, entertaining as, as much as possible. I mean, um, like you said, you know, you, that, that title, Moon Boy, caught your eye, right? So... Um, there's a lot of great lessons baked into that that book itself. That uh, hopefully, you know, somebody picking it up um, who is completely disinterested about finance, who has nothing, you know, no background, and they have absolutely no interest in finance. Like by reading that book, I really hope that something gets triggered from them to explore more and read more. Um, you know, I don't necessarily we don't necessarily talk about like. Um, you know, like uh, you know, capex or like uh, <laughs> like uh, those like terminologies um, when you invest, for example, in like real estate or like uh, uh, debt to income ratios, you know, stuff like that. But we do highlight the, um, a lot of uh, very important lessons 
and principles in the stories. And we try to make it fun, you know? I mean, you know, I kind of wish back then, like, you know, I watched, um, I used to watch a lot of uh, superhero stuff. Uh, I'm big into Iron Man, uh, Spider-Man, Avengers, uh, big Dragon Ball Z guy, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! So um, those, those stories and characters, just me growing up uh, uh, with them, I feel like they really affected how I how I think and how I um, how I see the world. Um, there's no there's no other feeling like when, um, for example, Goku first uh, became Super Saiyan, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm right, sure a lot of people yeah. could relate to that. So, like, like you know, I, I want to create those kind of moments into these stories that hopefully people will uh, uh, see as a as a goal or as a uh, inspiration when they're reading it. Because once once you go into that finance rabbit hole and you realize how important it is, and once you realize how actually it's not that complicated, I feel like you could really take charge of your life. Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned you mentioned how you started out about not knowing anything about finance, and then and then you know something you find something that kind of clicks with you, and for you it was rich dad poor dad, and then once you start on your own journey and. You, you know, you, you stumble along the way and then finally you have a little bit of success. You, you, the, the reaction is always like, well, why, why didn't I learn this sooner? Why isn't this taught? Like, why, why isn't this pri- Every school should have this stuff. And my journey was very similar. You know, I, um, you know, I went to art school <laughs> and I mean, I was in art school. I went to a, a magnet high school. So I, I had an art, a fine art major in high school. Uh, and then uh, so I had four years of art training in high school. It was pretty deep. And then I did college and I got my uh, MFA, my Master of Fine Arts. And so I had another four years of art college. And by that point, I was like, there's no way I'm getting my, my master's because I, I got my BFA, not my MFA. I got, you know, there's no, I had no desire to get my master's because I was like, what's another two years going to do? I've had eight years of training. And even before that, I was drawing stuff. So, um, but what was interesting is when I started my career, there was no, um, no help with it. No one, you graduated and they're like, peace out. You, you hit, all, hit all your points. You hit, you got your portfolio. Good, good luck, kid. There was no training. There was no like guidance of how to get a job or what to do or how to behave or, or anything. And so um, I just kind of, I went balls out basically. Uh, I, that, I could tell that story. Uh, it was it's kind of interesting, but long story short, I got that first job in, in, uh, in a animation at Cartoon Network. Uh, at a studio and I just, I just camped out. Like I was, I just never left. Literally I would sleep there. Um, and fortunately there was enough work there for me to, you know, not be a complete hobo in their, <laughs> in their, in their lobby while I was working on stuff. But, um, but it's so interesting. Like as I started my own company and started my own studio and started my own businesses, um, it was all from the perspective of an artist because no one had taught me anything about business. There was no, there was no background in it. It was all art all the time, all craft. And so I, I failed nonstop for, I mean, I still was able to pay the bills. Right. But, but I would, you know, you grind, you know, hundred, 120 hours a week. And you're like, why am I not moving? Why is the business not growing? What's happening? And it took, um, it took years, years of trial and error, years of, of screwing up and not knowing what to do. Um, and for me, I started reaching out to mentors where I literally shut my company, one of my studios down, the animation studio, because of the opportunity to work under like, like work at Marvel, which led to me uh, having the opportunity to work with Stan Lee, 
working at uh, a studio, uh, the, the Jeff Kuhn studio, who's like the number one artist since Andy Warhol, like those were things that I couldn't ignore and opportunities I couldn't, couldn't turn down. Right. And so it was kind of being in the inside and seeing how that stuff worked. And then it was actually marketing like marketers, like rich dad, poor dad was cool. And I read that book, but it didn't really hit. Um, for me, it was a guy named Russell Brunson who, when I read his book, I think his book, his first book was like com secrets or something. Um, and it was just, it was the first time where I realized that marketing was just a different way to tell a story. It was just storytelling. And, and in fact, this will, this ties into to one blue land and you, what you're doing is the way that they were talking about the way that his book and, and his courses and his trainings were talking about, uh, marketing and, di and digital marketing specifically were always accompanied with like super crude on purpose, super crude stick figures. Right. Like little stick figure dra drawings that would show the principle. And it was done crudely on purpose to show how simple it was. Here's a it's so easy. I can show it to you with a stick figure and it's super clear. And for whatever reason, for me, it was like the biggest aha moment I ever had where I was like, I finally get it. It's just a marketing is a comic that is divided up into Web pages and storytelling and advertising. You're just telling the story of your product. Right. And I was like, oh, crap. And that changed everything for me everything that was years ago now but but you know and i had the same same kind of um realization that you had which is like why isn't this taught in schools so i guess that's my question to you like why why do you think this stuff isn't taught in schools man um yeah i mean if i'm gonna be uh you know very blunt about it i i feel like just the way society's built there's a lot of like old school mentality that uh, just needs to evolve but the it you know it I feel like it's just too slow and mm -hmm. um, essentially this school system I think it's being built is built right now um, and modeled to create workers. Um, don't get me wrong, you know I mean you definitely need certain positions, right? Like you definitely need nurses, you definitely need uh, hospitals, right? And uh, you know accountants and all that stuff. But um, at the same time, they don't really talk about you know, entrepreneurship at all. They don't really talk about the like other methods you can sustain a living out of. So then I feel like a lot of people then, you know, you know, it's great if you love your job, but then a lot of people also don't like their jobs. And so what do they do? Like they end up just using their, their, uh, what they're passionate about. They don't end up pursuing it because they feel like they can't use it to make money. Right. But I'm a big, um, I'm a big fan of something called the Ikigai. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, it's like a, it's like a Japanese uh, uh, diagram model where um, in order to live a meaningful life, um, you have to uh, you have to meet four things: um, do something that you love, do something that you're uh, you can make money out of, uh, do something that helps society, and um, do something that the the world needs right um so so actually i actually put that in my website let me see if i could uh, uh bring that up not, hold on one second it's right here because i really love this diagram yeah for sure pull it up let me see if i could the uh, oh actually yeah so can you see it no Sorry, no man. you have to hit the share button inside of uh, inside of the at the bottom of the screen inside of uh Streamyard, um, I could pull it up too. I actually. Oh, there you go. I got it. Yeah, you got it. Let me know. Let me know if this this works. Sure, pull it up. 
Because I feel like um, this diagram, it, 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 this is one of the things that changed my perspective about the life and the just, you know, what, what I'm doing every day. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people could ho hopefully get a lot of value out of it. Um, yeah, I, don't, I don't see it in the green room. Oh, I'm sorry. Me, no worries. So if you, what the, here for everybody. So your website is onebluelandcom Where, where yeah, on just, the... just type um, onebluelandcom slash principles. One do one blue land .com slash principles bird up. All right, let's do this. Here, I'll show, uh, I'll share it for you. There you go. Now you got it. All right. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yep. I love it. Sorry about that. No, <laughs> A little no technical. No, it's um, so for those that might, might be listening to the audio and not watching the video. So it's, it's basically a Venn diagram with Ikigai in the center, right? It's, and it's four circles that interact or interlock. Yeah, so it's so Ikigai is right in the middle, and if you're able to find something that that you love, you're good at, that the world needs, and that you can get paid for at the same time, um, that that's basically how you live this purpose purposeful happy life. But I feel like going going back to the school system, right? I feel like a lot of people just just end up um, being trained and educated on you know what the world needs and um not necessarily what you love doing so then so then that missing ingredient is how people get burned i think um because it, they end up living this life until you know they they grow up and then they they end up uh, retiring in their when uh, when they hit 65 yet they still have this missing piece in their life that that's that they're not fulfilled with right mm -hmm. um they did not pursue that passion and so I feel like people miss out all the all their years just working and working and working and never really realizing that they could have done something different. Um and it just it just makes me feel very sad that the, you know it, that um that's how society is built for the masses, I think. Mm -hmm. Um and but I think it's changing now though. I really think it's changing because you know the internet, the podcast, this podcast, right? The uh, our chat right now. There's just a lot of great uh, influencers out there, right? Uh, uh, role models that people could um, uh, listen to, mm -hmm. and they talk about these stuff. I, I really feel like it's changing quite rapidly, just over the past couple couple of years. I do too. I I, I think the, the the positive and negative that I see, and I think we share a, a lot of the same uh, insight or or thoughts on education or traditional education. Um, I could tee off on on traditional education for quite a while. Um, I think the the positive is to your point uh, that that more and more people are going to be interested in educational products or learning how to be independent or learning how to be entrepreneurial or or getting into crypto or they're going to look for, people will always look to, for ways to improve their life. And, and they're going to be looking at it more and more as we move forward, because uh, we've, with just within the last five years, let alone the last 10, uh, we've completely uh, shifted the way that we, that we as a culture uh, work, create everything right i mean what was it five years ago everyone went into into work and now you can't even think about it like now everyone is like kind of pissed off that they have to go back to work right like that's how fast it changes 
you know, where we've got technology like Zoom and this and that, and we can do calls and we can have conferences. We can pretty much do everything with software virtually. Um, and just like the other, other larger, uh, you know, larger overarching differences, uh, like, you know, my grandfather's generation and even my parents' generation, like they, they graduated school or what have you, and then worked for one company. And that was the only company they worked for, for their entire lives. They put their 40 or 30, 40, 50 years and got that watch and, and bounced with a pension or, or whatever. Um, our generation has no chance of that whatsoever. Like we're going to have dozens of jobs, if not, if not many, many more than that, uh, during our career. And so as that fractures further, uh, as it, you know, at right now it's working many, many jobs domestically. And I think as we move forward, it'll be many, many jobs internationally. Um, it might be mostly domestic, but, but the owner, the, the owning, the owning, you know, the, the, the owner's stake in the company may be overseas, right? I mean, half the people don't even know who owns their companies that they work for, right? Who's, who's the, on, the, on the board and who are the investors? Like, do you really know? Like, it's pretty much an international thing anyway. <clears throat> so I think as we move forward and it, gets, it starts to get more fractured and more fractured and more fractured, um, I'm hopeful in a, in a positive way that it forces people to be entrepreneurial. It has, you have to be entrepreneurial. You know, one of the reasons people go into crypto and, and, and I think and start uh, kind of testing the waters in there is because they feel the need that they, they have to do something more than what they're doing in their life. Right. Uh, you know, whether it's whether it's an investment opportunity or whether it's collecting something, whether it's um, just looking at, at the your local currency in whatever country you're living in and, and thinking that it's going in the wrong direction. Um, you know, so that's a positive. The negative, of course, and I think to, to what you're talking about with, with One Blue Land is that when they come, there's, it's not like there's a guidebook. It's very, very difficult to create something that's an, a real product or a real tool that can point somebody in the right direction. It's very difficult to do. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say they're, they're, I've been in the marketing space for a long time, digital marketing. And fortunately, I can honestly say most people are good people, right? Um, you do happen to have, though, though that, that level of creator that, you know, buys a course uh, on how to make courses so that they can make a course to sell money selling a course on how to make courses, right? And so, and so it, you know, it's like anything you always have, you always have actors that are going to kind of give the, the, the area kind of like a, either, either not, not necessarily a bad name, but, but where the consumer is not going to necessarily get the education that they need to make a, a valued decision. And so like, what have you found bringing this to the public? Like what's the reaction been? And, and what I mean by that is like, like, not just like, Oh, it's been great. People really dig it. Like, you know, you, you actually did something really interesting was you actually brought a comic on crypto to an NFT com conference, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm really curious, like, like what the actual market was saying uh, about the, about the product. Like, what did you, what did you learn? Yeah. I mean, let me, let me just pull that up here. Um, I mean, when they see the covers, right, it, it's, it's, pretty eye-catching and like you said it caught your eye right seeing these stuff graded <laughs> i sure. love slabs i love cgc psa right i love anything graded i'm a big collector myself but 
um when they saw this uh you know people were curious uh like there's really no other uh topic about finance when it comes to uh, comic books it's a whole genre by itself um and the it, it was for nft nyc it's versus coming to comic cons um I didn't have to do as much education when I was at NFT NYC because, you know, people there already are big in um, NFTs, uh, crypto, right? Uh, but I did attend uh, with my buddies, um, the Comic-Cons. Uh, for that for that population, um, uh, demographics, there was more um, curiosity and the uh, uh, education that we were doing because nobody really, um, you know, a good, good amount of them haven't really heard of what NFTs are. Uh, there's still a lot of, um, uh, I guess, uh, bad views about Bitcoin, crypto. There's still a lot of uh, uh, misinformation. So there was a lot of education um, uh, happening on those Comic-Cons. Um, but people loved the covers. They were curious. Um, and, and, you know, they were asking about the collectivity of it. You know, what's this about? Uh, the stories. Um and you know, I, I mean, I, I'm going on a tangent here, but um, the stories are all available online. It's uh, free to read for everybody. Uh, so just because they're, you're in the in the booth talking to us, um, and you don't and you don't purchase one, that's totally fine. You can see the whole thing online. You can read all the stories and the characters uh, on the website. Um, and uh, sorry. Was there was there anything else? No, that? that was good. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm like, well, let me ask you this: what what cons did you go to? Um, I went to the Big Apple Comic Con and oh. the Brooklyn Comic Con. Right now, we're doing mostly because uh, I'm in New York, I'm in the East Coast, so uh, doing more local stuff. Um, in the future, we do hope to do uh, more um, more in the United States uh, domestic, right? And hopefully, eventually, we'll do international. Um, but but that's what's great about the having these uh, podcasts, right? And the internet, like you could do, you could reach anybody, anywhere, anytime, any place. So uh, we we also do want to do a lot of um, these, uh, just, you know, casual chats with other creators. So inside of the inside, of, in fact, you know, before my next question, let's jump to chat really quick and just say hello to some people that came here. Yep. Uh, what's up, Willie D? LFG, good people. How you doing, brother? Uh, Dusty, what's up? LFG, KG, what's up? Welcome, welcome, sir. Hey, people. Uh, <laughs> Massive, what's up? Let's duck and go. Massive with those ducks. Massive that that duck project. I don't know. If I can't. I don't know if I can, I'm allowed to say anything about it. It's freaking awesome. Go check out Massive's project. Uh, uh, it's a uh, 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 big top midway. Uh, Natasha, what's up, Natasha? How you doing? Uh, uh, one blue land saying hello to people kg uh what's up carrots how you doing time for evening alpha uh uh natasha says uh exactly same thing happened when i graduated from acting school it was like peace out yeah like people don't these these programs they get their cash and they kind of bounce you out and there's not a lot of support or help and and when i was younger i thought it was uh a lot of it was that i thought oh well you know that old adage um uh, those that can do, those that can't teach, right? That's kind of that old adage. And and then you meet people that do have done things that also teach, 
Um, but still, the value is kind of can can kind of be limited and not necessarily practical. Um, and then I realized that that it takes a very specific skill set that the people that can actually like do something and teach it um, are the ones actually making products to sell it because they can make more uh, for themselves uh, and build a bigger business for themselves than they can if they were actually in one location teaching, right? Why, you know, decentralize yourself and sell and sell a, a, a you know, a, a digital course as opposed to being in one location. Um, and Natasha says that she loves Ikigai for sure. Um, yeah. So I'm, so how do you, how in your, the structure of your book, so you have like a series of books, like you've got Captain Bitcoin, like, or is it, is it, are you, how do you tie in the education across multiple uh issues um so yeah um if you go to that page where i pulled that big guy earlier mm-hmm. um if you really if you know if if whoever's watching this podcast um this chat listening to it um what one blue land is about what's the core principles of one blue land it's just it's built into this uh, website right here um all of the lessons, all of the principles built into the comic books are in this one page. For example, um, our number one principle is health and time are your two, are your two greatest assets. And um, basically what we try to do is these lessons, these principles, we try to create the scenarios and the scenes in the comics. Um, and we try to make it you know, entertaining through the characters, our, our number one character right now, our very first issue was uh, Captain Bitcoin. Uh, it, it had to be crypto related because um, <laughs> I'm a big, you know, I'm a big crypto guy. I know I love stocks, real estate, all that stuff. But crypto really is what one of the things that um, inspired me very much to even do all these things because because it's it's the future. I mean, not financial advice, nothing. Everything I'm tra- I'm saying, everything in these books are for entertainment purposes only, <laughs> but, and that's a disclaimer, but uh, our, going back to your question, our very first issue is related to, um, uh, there's a lot of crypto references. Uh, it's called the Satoshi series. I'm gonna try to pull it up right here, um, right there. So our very first issue is uh, a series, it's called the Satoshi series, and it's a, um, Eight issues. We're currently working on the final issue right now. Uh, we haven't released uh, um, five of them yet. <laughs> We've only released issues one, two, and three. So the way we did it was issue number one is Captain Bitcoin. Issue number two is um, uh, Moon Rising. It's a different set of characters, but they're all in the same storyline. Uh, issue number three is Sir Whale. Yeah, uh, they're oh, all here. Oh, interesting. Got it. Yeah, but oh, they're so all are, so so they're not necessarily different series. You're just kind of releasing different titles under the same banner, basically. Yeah, this is for our first um, project, like big project. Uh, this got is it, called. Got it. This is the Satoshi series. Um, that that book that you got from NFT NYC Moon Boy. Mm-hmm. So that one actually was a standalone story. It's a completely separate world. Uh, it has. I mean, the only crypto reference it has really is the title itself, Moon Boy. But if you read the whole story, it's like 76 pages, uh, graphic novel, and 
there's really nothing about crypto there. I just like the the we just like the name Moonboy. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that story. That's one of my favorite stories too. Um what's I'm, what's yeah. been your what's been your biggest challenge with with launching this stuff? Because it's not your it's uh you know having having published books uh you know print um it's not exactly simple. And I think one of the coming from a comics background you know, I can tell like people out there listening and, and watching, um, you know, it's if you've ever picked up a comic book, it looks really easy, right? It's like, oh, it's a couple pages, 20 pages. And, you know, it's got the panels and the color and the text. Um, it is not simple to put one of these things together. And you get a when you do one book, you start to really appreciate these larger companies like the Marvels and the DCs that have done it month over month for for decades. So so what's been your biggest challenge? Um either in regards to to the comic or to crypto or or to the to the industry at large like what's what's been your biggest barrier so far man um yeah i, I could name a few of them <clears throat> excuse me uh, one of the a big challenge is uh, just creating i guess uh metaphors and scenarios about finance uh and try to make it fun <laughs> uh i mean i think we i think we do a pretty good job at it but that's certainly it's not necessarily easy um like how do you explain these topics through these characters right like you have to be you have to be very very creative and really really think about it um the other thing is uh um i i, I never i didn't come from a comic book background or like a you know storytelling background like i said I, i'm in healthcare i mean that's a completely different the uh, completely different world right there but you know just the fact that i work you know um you know, I'm 30 years old, right? I'm 33 years old now. But the fact that I, I did learn a lot of um, life skills, I guess you could say. And I, I kind of threw everything I learned uh, up to this point into into the comics also. Uh, as far as being a nurse, you know, um, reading a lot about finance, reading a lot about the, um, you know, just the these, these podcasts in general. Um, other challenges, I would say, is just the coordination. Um but what 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 I do is uh, I work with a lot of um, like freelancers. Uh, but then I, I ended up I end up working with the same people every time. Uh, you you could see all their names here, um, and you know we're just in different time schedules. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people there's a lot of great people in Brazil, Philippines, uh, uh, Europe. Um, so it's kind uh, of the it's kind of the management side. Yeah, of pretty much. Uh, yeah. And I'm the you know uh, I'm there to like you know, chat with everybody online and just putting something, you know, very cool together. So that, that, that's an, a whole nother world out there. So someone reads, somebody reads one of your books, let's say they, they read moon boy, since we got it pulled up mm -hmm. um, and, and it gets them interested. Like what, what other things would you recommend? Would you recommend like, assuming that this is sort of like, their early, an early jump in point, jumping on point for people who are trying to make a difference in their life, right? Because I do think it has the, I know for a fact that comics have the power to, to, to completely change your life. I mean, it, it did for me, right? Like it completely changed the direction of my, of, I don't even know who I would be, let alone what I'd be doing without, without comics and animation. Um, and so it certainly has, it's, it's a, an incredibly powerful medium. Uh, so with that said, like what, you know, if somebody was reading this book or, or any of your books, um, would you point them to something like a rich dad, poor dad next? Or, or how would, 
like where would this like assuming this is the first step what would be the next step for somebody on their journey like if they if this inspired them to go forward like where where would you point them to um yeah actually even even this uh this, there's a scene in um captain bitcoin that very first issue where once that fire has been triggered um he ended up he ended up going online and just just going through uh uh, books, podcasts, YouTube, and uh, he did a lot of research on um, on finance in general, and it really changed his life. I mean, I don't want to you know spoil too much on the on the stories, but the next step would would definitely be like um, just just doing your own research because you can't exactly you can't exactly um, like you don't really know what what do you want to invest in? You don't really know what you want to di divert to, right? And specialize in until you learn about it. So the next step would be just picking up a, a Rich Dad Poor Dad book, uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? By Napoleon Hill, or uh, or just listening to uh, a, a lot of these great uh, podcasts online on YouTube and just, just, just immersing yourself out there because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of information out there. You really got to be careful on uh, who you listen to, and uh, who you're getting you know quote unquote advice from, including me, of course. Um, but I really feel like people should listen and find, like you said before, like you know find a mentor or somebody that they look up to, and just really learn from them. Um, you don't necessarily need to like, in my opinion, this is my opinion. Um, you don't necessarily need to like meet the mentor in person. It, they could just be like an online, uh, role model, for example. Um, uh, mm -hmm. but if you could, if you can get in touch with them, that'll be great. But in my opinion, you don't need to, because a lot of content and a lot of the stuff and less. Oh, did we drop? Austin, you froze. We were doing so well. What about now? Oh, there you go. Okay. You're back. <laughs> uh, I hope people heard that. I, I, I was just saying that the, a lot of stuff are already free online. Like you don't really need to pay like, you know, $30,000, $10,000 to hang out with a mentor. I mean, sure, it, it, it's great. But I, I really feel like a lot of stuff and, and lessons out there are already free online. You don't, you know, you just yeah. have to look for it. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the, you're right. There is so much stuff out there um, for people to check out. I do think it, at the end of the day, you have to you have to do a lot of research and you have to really try a lot of things in order for you to find a style that you like, because because one one person's, uh, you know, garbage tier coach is another person's like savior or whatever, or leader, I should say. Right. Like, like the, someone that, someone that I like, for instance, that, that made a difference in my life uh, or, or unlocked something that I was always having a tr trouble with. Um, somebody else could come along and be like, Oh man, that guy's completely, that person's completely useless. Like they're not teaching anything about you. I, I know all this stuff or whatever it is. Like everyone has their own entry point and everyone has their own specific style and everybody has their own um, challenge, right? Like everyone has, has their different, the different things. Everybody's business is always on fire. Right. And so, but it, it's what's on fire. <laughs> That's different for everybody. Right. Like some people are having problems with iteration or ideation or product market fit or, 
or advertising or funnel building or, or lead generation or understanding what, you know, what their click, how to, how to improve their click through rate. Or there's so many aspects of a business uh, that can be just like lit on fire uh, that it's really incumbent upon you as a, as a business owner or as an entrepreneur or as somebody that wants to start a business to, to investigate and find, find the mentor or find the coach or find the program that speaks to you in a way where you finally crack it. Like my, my, my litmus test is if you can, uh, to your point, Austin, it's like, if, if there's, if I find somebody's free stuff and I'm able to implement it, cause that's kind of the point, even the free stuff should be valuable enough for you to implement. If you, if I find somebody and I look at their free stuff and I implement it and it works and I'm like, Oh, I totally got that. That actually solved a problem line then I'm certainly going to be checking out more of that person's work because it, it actually already provided value to me. Does that make sense? Um, oh. it, it already uh, hit me in the spot that, that I, it already solved one problem and now it's going to help me solve, hopefully solve more problems. Um, Carrot says, uh, is there an index fund superhero? <laughs> Uh, I'll leave that. I'll leave that to Austin. I'm, I'm guessing by his laugh that the answer is not yet. <laughs> well, maybe one day, right? I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of IP being created out there, and you never know. Who knows? I mean, NFT. Like you never, never really thought that NFTs would, uh, you know, be like a, this whole new asset class, right? Yeah. Uh, collectibles, trading cards. Um, like who knew that? <laughs> You know, X comic book would sell for like millions of dollars, right? Like, we never really know. But that's why, going back to what you said um, before, like, I think people just have to go out there, make mistakes, and just learn from it. Um, like, there's really no blueprint that you can um, necessarily follow. I feel like you just have to just take action like every day and just keep adapting to whatever life throws at you. Mm -hmm. um, and the, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also not saying that the entrepreneurship is like, you know, the way to go, right? I mean, there's other ways to find your own, you know, financial freedom. Uh, there's like, you know, there's you know, there's people perfectly happy with their with their jobs, right? There's a there, there's the investing route. Like, you don't even have to um, do anything with business. You could just invest in X, right? Uh, stocks, real estate, the uh, whatever, right? Whatever, whatever. Uh, fires you up i think that's that's one thing that i feel like it's important it's that's a great point you, sh you, you should really um you should really dig deep in something that fires you up or something that you're genuinely interested in because you're not going to get burned out um as fast i guess or you'll, you'll never really be burned out like for me like for for me i love crypto i love nfts love comics love uh superheroes and um I mean, no matter what, what life throws at you, I feel like this is always something that I'm going to be uh, interested in. You know, I just like to sit back and just look at these art, these characters, these stories. Has this, and, has this, made, yeah. you a, has this made you a comic book lifer now? <laughs> Are you addicted to producing comics now? Or, or, or? Yeah, I went, I went very heavy, actually. I, you did. You went very yeah. heavy, man. Most, most people launch with like one book or two books. You launched a whole freaking company around it. And yeah, you actually published like a, a bunch of them. 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's why I'm asking. It's like you're either a glutton for punishment or or uh, you really, really enjoy it. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love, like I said, I'm very proud that the, you know, CGC graded these books. Uh, I, I really feel like uh, I'm trying to create something that's fun, entertaining, and at the same time, you know, collectible. Um, because, because when these, these books that, that we were creating, uh, the print run is only like 2,100. So was it 2,100 each or total per total for per issue per issue? Yeah. 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 So that's not a very, um, high amount. And out of that 100, um, there's a more, there's another hierarchy on it. There's a hundred first editions and 2000 limited editions. So like I said, I'm a big uh, back then. I used to collect Pokemon cards. I love first editions, <laughs> and um, that's why I wanted to create like first edition comic books also. So it's just a fr- very first print. So for example, right now um, uh, there's only a hundred copies of this uh, this Captain Bitcoin first edition right here that you're seeing on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of the hundred copies, like how many of them are going to be graded nine point eight? I mean. You know, I'm hoping when people get this, the physical version, they won't, uh, you know, maybe open it. <laughs> I want people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do I want I, people do to grade I, these things. Uh, uh, <laughs> a, 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 what do they call it? Like a um, uh, a graded a slab. What do they call it? A, a a slab snuff film where they just like crack it open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, man. Nobody, nobody cracks them open. Very, very few people. People dig it, man. They don't want to ruin the book. Oh yeah, um, and it is and it is a beautiful a beautiful uh, object once you have it slabbed. I mean, again, we you know I'm super impart super partial to uh, to to slabbed books and grading because we kind of invented it for NFTs. So so I'm really like anytime I see anything graded, I gravitate towards it. It's just a beautiful object, and they're beautiful books. Um, so like, what is what's next for you guys? Are you like have have you thought of or are you or have you started to tie this into to nft sales like nft minting and in, in exchange for physicals or what's what's next for you guys what's on the what's coming up yeah i mean um so for us um we don't necessarily have like you know uh, i mean I, I don't want to discredit other what other people are doing you know i i feel like people are are you know they're doing their thing and i it works for that company right but for us we never really had any launch dates necessarily we don't we don't do whitelist uh, we don't do any of the other stuff we're just creating we're just focusing on creating stories and ip um from the ground up so i didn't want to create like um uh characters i wanted to create the stories first and then the characters mm-hmm. uh because yeah, I, that's a big deal yeah i mean um like happened bitcoin like you know, I mean, the name Bitcoin is iconic, right? But like, what's what's Captain Bitcoin? Like, who who is Captain Bitcoin? Who's that character? Who's that that gentleman that's uh, that's suspended midair, fighting this weird looking uh, <laughs> uh, time stealer, right? Uh, but right now, we're like I said, we're focused on creating the comics. So we're up to issue number eight of eight wow. of this associate series. So we're almost done. We've only released the uh, three out of eight of them, and we want to. We're aiming to release like one issue per quarter. So uh, I'm hoping by, you know, 2023, late 2023, we would have released uh, or early 2024-ish. Mm-hmm. We're going to release all our Satoshi series. But like I said before, I went very heavy into the comics. So simultaneously, we're working on other standalone issues like Moon Boy that are like 
80 plus pages <laughs> and the, it's just a one and done story like we're not going to create other issues on that like moon boy that he's he's already done yeah um so yeah we we're working on graphic novels so we're working on the like if you if you look here um sorry i'm going to scroll down like we're working on um animation of this of like a uh, of the of the comics itself we're doing like uh, narrated and um uh, graphics motions for, for the comics it's pretty cool mm -hmm. if you you don't need you don't really need to read the book you can just watch it on youtube it's that that's what's cool about this i thought that's um, yeah that's pretty awesome like so how do you where are you selling these are they are you selling these ex more like right now exclusively at cons or is it in stores uh, is it um, online like how how are people how are you getting in these these into people's hands uh oh yeah so right now um usually people found this i mean we're not really going you know too heavy yet like that's that's one thing we have to work on is uh our social media presence right um so mostly people find us in instagram um twitter uh we did the central land events and uh, they end up finding our website and from the website there's a uh uh one blue land shop and if you buy the physical we'll ship it to you internationally and we we will transfer you the nft to whatever Ethereum address you give us. Um, you could also do it the other way in OpenSea, um, where you could purchase the NFT and then um, there's an unlockable code in the NFT itself that you could plug in our Shopify website and we'll ship you the physical comic book. Oh, no, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So it is tied to an NFT. And if you actually went ahead and, and hopped on OpenSea, bought the book or got the, got the NFT off of OpenSea, you know, you could you could unlock it through like your your Shopify store. Yeah, so it's like a one to one uh, ratio. We we really wanted to tie physical with the digital, because um, as a collector, I want to hold something and I want to display it yeah, yeah, physically yeah, yeah. and digitally. Um, so I, th I thought that's very cool. I, you know, I want to check out people's MetaMask, you know, their wallets, and I also want to you know, I want to be able to see it um, display the gallery virtually and in person. Um, I think it catches a lot of uh, attention and I. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing, nothing beats physical or, or like, <laughs> I always make fun of the term the digital because I think it's just, you know, it's just the worst term ever. And it's, <laughs> well, might as well call it um, defizzy or something like this is ridiculous, but yeah, I do. I do like the, the combination of being able to own the digital collectible and having that able, having that have the ability to unlock a physical um, whether it's a one-to-one -one, uh, or whether it's like, a, you know, collected editions or I, I think the, the sky's the li limit with those types of combinations, right? Um, and, and especially since you're, you know, you, you have, you've got ideas for like slabbing and stuff like that. I mean, it's, I think the, it opens up a huge opportunity and, and uh, really interesting. I, th I think it opens a really interesting corner of the market because you know, what's fascinating is when I came to your booth and, and NFT NYC, um, uh, one, you, you, there were people around it, right? It wasn't, it was, it was fascinating. It, it surprised me to be straight up because I was not expecting like, like comics to show up at, at NFT NYC. So I was like all over it. I was super in, I was like, Oh, I'm going over. I'm checking this out. But then other people were coming over. Right. And what I found fascinating is the people that I talked to around the booth, um, they, it, the conversation, the combination of having a comic also that tied into crypto meant that the conversations 
I was able to have with people were pretty vast, right? Because you're not just talking about the comic. Like in comics, you can talk about the characters, you're talking about the artist, you're talking about the run, you're talking about the writer, maybe even the publisher. There's, it's, a, it's a community, right? So there's a lot of aspects from a, from a comic book that you can actually have a, have a communication, have, have a discussion about, right? Um, with around your booth, when I was talking to people, uh, we started talking about, it might start, it's, it's like it started talking about like the comic uh, and then talking about NFTs and crypto because we we're at an NFT conference uh, and then back to comics and then started talking about like Star Trek and stuff. Like it was, it was, <clears throat> it was really interesting how, how you're the, the, the joining of these two com almost complete, you would think are these completely different things, crypto and, and comics print, of all things, print a printed comic book, which is like you know old school printing press talking about crypto, which is like cutting edge, basically. Like how how these two, what you would think would be diametrically opposed things, um, was able to open up a conversation between people who didn't know each other, uh, and still have a really good conversation just all around. Like I was having a great time. Yeah, no, I mean that's what's super cool about this. Like um, there's like merging the two worlds together like you're gonna you're gonna strike pretty interesting conversations out there and it's very relatable um <clears throat> i mean but not just like i said before not just in nft nyc but you know when i present in comic cons right those exhibitions in comic cons and those other uh non nft non-crypto related events uh, it's it's also like a way to you know onboard other people who don't know about nfts who don't know about the crypto it's also a way to like you know, bring them to the community. And it's a, it's, it's really an educational opportunity that I think, um, you know, will hopefully help people and strike that interest into navigating this potentially complicated space, right? <laughs> because mm -hmm. like, how do you, how do you, how do you read about these stuff without the, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like how do you read about these stuff without getting bored necessarily because there's some there's some topics out there that that's just not palatable for people um so but now when you, when you now when you're bringing them into these images these comics these stories i feel like now 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 this like a i feel like people will gravitate more towards that and they could consume that content uh, a lot easier right um but yeah like I know, it was fun. I had, I had such a great time at NFT NYC. I remember that first day. Um, it was so busy, man. It, I feel like, I mean, I, I came in there with a suitcase full of these uh, these comics. I didn't really expect anything. <laughs> right. But I was very happy that when I went home that day, I, it was empty. So I had such a hard time carrying it. I took a taxi to um, to uh, to that hotel, right? And it was just so heavy because I, I was creating all these graded books. I was carrying all these books. <laughs> right. um, but I was just so happy that people loved it and um, people really genuinely appreciated, you know, what we were doing and um, they enjoyed the characters. Uh, I, had a, I had a great time. That's the best, so that's the best feeling in the world, man. That's the best feeling in the world. Like, like people, people picking up your book and, and having you sign it or, or just like buying it and enjoying it and going, you know, like there, there's nothing like it. Um, it's one of the it's one of the things that I love about comics the most, honestly, is like sp speaking 
from my own personal experience, having booths at, at New York Comic Con and, and other cons for, for a long time, um, you know, when, when someone picks up one of your books uh, and it's just instant joy, you know what I mean? And it's a little bit, it's almost like a little bit of your own uh, creative propaganda, right? It's your art style or your story, or it's a little piece of you, you know, you put, you put so much, it takes so much effort and energy and thought to make these things that, that really just look like some folded sheets of paper. Right. And, and once that's out in the world and you see people and they come and they're like, they kind of light up and they're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And, and you have that conversation of like, well, what is this? How, what, tell me about this book. And you're telling them the idea and you tell them the concept and they, and they pick it up they take it home. You know, that comes back, you know, several months later and they're showing it to you on a live stream. Like I am right now, like, it's, it's, it's a real amazing experience. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, it's, it has, it actually has a very similar thing to me. It actually, it actually ties into NFTs and, and digital collectibles in a, in a huge way and the blockchain, because while not immutable, uh, collectibles are slowly becoming that way, right? Like, like this is going to be in my collection for 30 years. Right. Like it just is like, that's just that. I mean, half these books behind me I've had since I was a teenager. Right. We don't get rid of these things. We collect them. Right. And then you take it a step further with with what you're showing on screen, which is slabbed comics. Those things are going to be around for even longer. Right. Because there's no there's no degradation. There's not they're not going to you could. I mean, honestly, half these things you could dump into a flood and they would be perfectly fine. Right. I mean, that, that they're meant to be like permanent uh they're sealed they're, they're meant to be permanently encased right and so you're creating an artifact and uh i find it very fascinating how how the whole like in irl the collectible market has been moving towards this permanence or this idea of of as as permanent as a physical object can be right i mean you could you know nothing is permanent completely but it's getting there uh, and then all of a sudden you have this bridge of digital collectibles or NFTs or whatever. And all of a sudden that trend just keeps going. Right. Like, like now I'm going to have, you know, I've got the moon boy comic and I'm going to have that, you know, for, for a very long time. Uh, and then if I have the NFT, I'm, you know, I'm also going to have that in my ledger for a very long time. And so it's these little, little pieces of you that start to spread out into the universe and, and start to touch people in ways that you'll never know. Right. Like, but, 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 um, but, you know, just through the quality and the work that you put out there and the effort that you put forth, that you are changing people's lives, you are touching people's lives and that, that the work you do does matter to other people. Right. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And I was going to say also, um, going back to that moon boy that you carried there, right. Uh, I feel like when you're collecting something, you should, you know, I mean, not advice, but uh, it's it's nice to buy three of them, right? You 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 keep one sealed, you you open one, and then you sell one, yeah, right? Because that, this is, I mean, it sounds like you're it sounds like you're 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 pitching, but you're actually it, it's interesting you say that because like when we were growing up, um, you know, I mean, that's what we used to do, right? Like you buy, we would go and you would buy two, right? So you you flip through the stack on the rack. And you flip through it and you look for the perfect edges and we would we would look for the perfect yeah. edge. Make sure find the find the most mint copy that you could possibly find. Uh and then and then pull those two and you'd have a reader copy and a, a copy you never touch, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, that's nice. You know, you, you keep one sealed forever. You open one to enjoy it. And then the, the third one, you could sell it, right? When it, when it, when it uh, pops. So <laughs> I think Absolutely. three is a magic number for people. I, I think so too. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> Natasha says, uh, really love the education aspect and they look amazing. They do. They're really cool books. Uh, uh, Mastiff says, great alpha tonight, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Mastiff. I appreciate you as always, man. Uh, KG says, buy three. Definitely. That's good <laughs> advice. So with that, where can people, dude, where can people buy three? Like, where should we send them? How do they get in touch with One Blue Land? Where should they go? What should they do? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just onebluland.com. Um, and the store is right there. It's, uh, it's uh, on the top. So when you click it, it takes you to our Shopify website, lumbaland.shop. Um, you could also go the other way where you can just go to um, uh, OpenSea. And if you just type Lone Blue Land, it will show up there. But let me just click this link in the bottom right here. Um, so you could buy the physical first and then we'll give you the NFT uh, through whatever address you you provide us. Um, if you, you know, we'll... When you email it to us, when you email us uh, proof that you purchased it, um, we, you know, we just need a screenshot of uh, what you purchased uh, on physically, right? And if you buy the NFT on OpenSea, you could just you could just um, open the unlockable code that's built within the NFT, and uh, you can you can use that uh, code to claim the copy in the main website right here. Um, but yeah, the instructions are all here. It's if you click it, it's it's literally right here in the website. That's awesome. Um, awesome, man. So everybody, go check out onebluland.com. Uh it's a really clean website. Interface is super obvious. Like it's it's really well done. So everybody can go over there and, and I think we, we got a pretty smart audience that should be able to figure it out. Um so onebluland.com. Uh Austin, man, thank you so much. I appreciate it so much, man. This is great. No, thank thank you for having me. I mean, it's it like I like you know just I wish I spoke to you at the NFT NYC, but uh, uh, you were talking to my you know my colleague Christian. Um, but I, you know I'm I'm equally happy that we got the chance to do this tonight. Yeah, absolutely, uh, man, absolutely. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk in the green room as well. Um, in the meantime, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Another awesome episode. Um, I hope you found it valuable. I know I did. Um, with that said, uh, again, check out onebluland.com uh, and and jump into our Discord and the Adult Fantasy Discord. Usually after evening alphas, we playing we're playing games. We do an after party. Um, love you guys. And with that, I will say, uh, love you. God bless. Take care.